It's occurred to me in the course of making these podcasts that uh, we have fantastic crack. We were walking back from today's interview with David McDonald through the dark. And Darren, you were saying to me, how brilliant is this? Mad. I just, I mean, what did I say? I said, like having a, like me, let's say you're into surfing. Like having a surf is bloody brilliant. And it's a brilliant hobby. But there's not many hobbies where you get to walk through a rainforest at 1 a.m. in the pitch black, looking at the stars, going, this is mad. With with fiddle music kind of drifting through the starlit air, it, it was incredible coming back from this interview that we, you're about to hear today with David McDonald. Uh, David's out of Brisbane, and we managed to interview him at the Quasi-Trad camp that was happening in Dean's Marsh. And you're in for a treat because he's great chat and his playing is beautiful. And also playing with him is the accordion player who David, during the interview, I think, refers to as the master, <laughs> Kit Joyce. Uh, so, yeah, that's today's episode. Enjoy. Damn it. I just felt this really could have gone on because I was going to make a point about... Go on, then. Jokes aside. But in the... Just... But like with, with, with that setting in mind, I suppose it, there's a larger kind of idea behind it. And it's about appreciating the moments that you're in and, and times that are happening. You could easily walk through that and not pay any attention to what's going on and feel that this is, like I say, this is mad just because it's a, it feels like a, I'm being funny about it. But you look at those things and you go, oh my God, it's about, life is about like taking time to stop and, and take these moments in. And I think a lot of these conversations that we're having is, is trying to actually do that where, where it's esoteric, you know, it's <laughs> ephemeral. <laughs> As Don would say, but it's no, nah, I've ruined it. No, 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 you haven't, you haven't, no, 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 it's good. But it, I think it, in a way, it's trying to, it's trying to capture when people, you know, right? So we had these special moments. These moments are happening continually around us. It's up to us whether we acknowledge them or not, right? So it's from the mundane, me enjoying the aesthetics of your bookcase, to the being in the hinterland and looking at stars, right? They are both things of could be said beauty and if you take the time you'll find something really rewarding in it what sometimes i feel with the podcast is that we're doing that we're kind of we're making people engage with this thing which is a it, it happens in your ears and when you start thinking about it you get more from it when you start um i think we were speaking with um judy from the quasi trade camp and it was about having differences of, of opinions around Let's say, I think the conversation was around uh, a, st a particular style of playing and she felt one way and the person she was talking to felt another way. And that's fine. You can have a disagreement, but everyone involved, including myself and probably including you, Dom, you, you, end, up, you end up engaging with the thought. So let's say in this instance, it's dad, dad, guitar, which it was, right? And people sometimes have... Uh, conflicting views on its use and how often it should be used and, and and the way it's used regardless of where you sit on that topic but because we spoke about it and we went into it it's now occupying a space in our minds I'm listening to I'm listening to accompaniment completely different in the last few weeks than I was until that conversation happened and I love that I, I'm appreciating the things which are right there in front of me I can listen to Albums which I let roll past me, and now I'm hearing it completely fresh again. I don't know whether that's to do with my ear maturing, but I think in part a lot of it's just to do with because I'm speaking about elements 
and opinions so you engage with them and that allows you to see beauty in areas where you may not have seen it before you know that makes a lot of sense to me and and just kind of going on from that that evening when we were there um just sitting as the sun was going down and we were all sitting there was a few of us sitting along um the deck and i was chatting to kate burke about the andy irvin paul brady album um the Andy Irvin Paul Brady album, and I, she was talking about Luke Plum, who she works a lot with, and how he had transcribed uh, all Andy Irvin's parts wow. for all the Planks Day albums, like transcribed wow. them and written them. And we were talking about that album, and and we ended up talking about this one little tiny bit on a tune called Martin Miss Time, where the there's a little sort of um, melodic figure that they play. And it's going and they only do it once that little diddly idle dum but that skip was like a hook in in my brain and i listened to it over and over again i was just and it wasn't the technical um uh, ability to do that it was the fact that they just thought to do it it Mm -hmm. was the, the the beauty of that moment of just that one little diddly idle dum that they don't do again throughout the rest of that song that, and and so, focusing on that little tiny thing, um, is 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 part of what you're talking about. And just and I I, I don't know. I, yeah. I, 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 I kind of I, I kind of meander into this stuff a lot more in in the notes when I'm putting together my sort of notes because I'm sort of thinking about things often from my own past and things. So, but uh, yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, this is not an intentional segue, but having patrons and allowing us to continue to do the, this kind of work from the conversations I'm having with people that listen to the show it sounds like these thoughts are manifesting everywhere with people because they're engaging not only with the personal stories but with the actual tunes with how the music is played so if you can become a patron please become a patron at um, patreon.com forward slash baloney pilgrims it, it it means a lot and it means we can keep on doing this, right? So um, look, that's as much as I'm going to go on about it today because I think it is a, it's a genuine request. Um, right, pause. Who have we got today? Today, Brisbane fiddle player, Irish dancer extraordinaire and great chatter of chats. Oh, my headphones just fell off. David McDonald. Yeah, and with David is Kit Joyce. Um, we were, <laughs> funny, we were watching David play during the concert that, that was being held at the Quasi Triad, and before David had played, Kit had played, and myself and Dom kind of leaned over and like, oh my god, we'd love to have a chat with him too. We meet up after the concert, and David says, oh, "Would you mind if uh, Kit accompanied me during the show?" I'm like, absolutely, yes, let's do it. So, thank you to the two lads for this. is a It's a lovely chat, and uh, hope you enjoy. Yeah, away we go. Sometimes it's really tricky playing your own tunes because you never get a chance to play them, so. Thank you. 
Davin McDonald, welcome to the Blarney Pilgrims podcast. Thanks for having me, absolutely. You've just played a tune for us now, which you played earlier on for us, and it's a tune you, you compose yourself? Yes, yes. Um, that particular tune, um, I composed it for a good friend of mine um, who I was playing tunes with at the time in Brisbane, um, Rose Jacob. It's called a tune for a rose, and that's the rose in in this particular situation. Um, Rose was a really big influence on my playing. Um, she was similar age. Um, her father, Terry Jacob, um, was a um, very keen influence in myself, very encouraging to young new musicians in Brisbane, um, which is rare in the folk scene in general, is, is that general encouragement to get into the music. Yeah. Um, and it's lovely to have a mentor like that in the trad scene that gets you a learning the tunes and the cool tunes. Um, and at that time, you know, even just taking you along to something is a, is a, a big thing for someone that's still of kind of school age or getting into it that way. So. So was your early experience then, uh, that's interesting. Like you, you're probably one of the first people who have spoken to who said that, their initial experience wasn't necessarily very welcoming. I mean, is that, is that the impression? Um, oh, no, I'm not going to say that actually, um, about the trad scene right, in so Brisbane. Not, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, what, 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 what can lack is, is not the welcomeness. Cause that, that is, that is actually a big part of tunes and the trad scene in general. Um, it is a specific style. So what I was saying, um, can lack some, sometimes is just a particular person to take you on that journey got it right. as, yeah. as a newbie yeah, yeah um yeah. so having that is of great value um, <laughs> totally absolutely yeah. um and it's it's rare that someone will take you under their wing because mostly it's a social thing and you you don't go to sessions to learn um but you do but you don't at the same time because it is actually someone's space to play and enjoy themselves mm. And not everyone's a teacher, um, but I was lucky that Terry is a teacher of trad in general, which was really a great place to start. So where was your start with it then? Oh, so um, so I'm 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 a river dance child. Um, so uh, for a very long time, I was playing music in Brisbane. Um, I started on the organ, which is a bit of a strange instrument to start on. Yeah. Um, but we had one in the house. Um, and my, my grandmother dan- downsized her house and couldn't fit the old Wurlitzer into her lounge room. Yeah. So it ended up at our place. Was it an actual Wurlitzer? Yeah, actual wow. Wurlitzer. It was, it, was, it was electronic Wurlitzer, mm-hmm. um, full with like um, a beatbox kind of dodgy oh, rhythms in the background, which got my toes tapping. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. It was really fun. <laughs> And Those things even, are like a playground. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're just like, what is this? <laughs> exactly. And it even had like an a electric synth as well, which, which Bossa was... Nova. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I started off in that. And then, um, you know, through school, I was playing a bit of music, different things. Um, I like as, as a... Um, well, I mean, from there, I went to electronic keyboards and synthesizers. I was having the extracurricular lessons in those. I had an amazing teacher that didn't really pressure me to be a classical player. Um, 
didn't pressure me to even practice, which was probably good for me because I wasn't <laughs> very studious at the time. And then he, um, but he was a good teacher. So I, I learned the instrument well, I suppose. Um, and then <laughs> it's a, a, a bit of a tragic story, but um, my mother decided to take up dancing at the time. And when I was about 15, and it was line dancing. Yep. Um, that was the thing. It was the thing at the time. Have when we I got was, to the tragic bit yet? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's pretty funny um, that I think I was a line dancer at the time. But mum took me along because um, she didn't trust me to stay at home as a, as a young teenager. Yep. Um, which was the thing back then. You know, you don't leave your child at home. So I used to go along and do my homework and get really bored um it was a strange time wasn't it was it? a strange time and but i did really i like i, I always like music and country music has its thing you know it's, totally. it's it's not bad um it's fun to listen to it's fun to sing along to the words aren't really complex most of the time um and it's got a really good beat and i was i was watching these things i, I think there might have been a couple of dancers my age that kind of encouraged me to get out of the chair and and just do it so for a couple of years, I did line dancing and uh, I like even went to like Tamworth Country Music Festival and those sort of things and um, kind of like I did a couple of line dancing competitions down there as just a kind oh, of wow. a, a thing to do yeah. and I've got trophies with boots on them, which is, um, anyway, let's not talk <laughs> about that, but um it's a... Uh, oh, if we could all see that. Yeah. I don't yeah. have any trophies with boots on them. No. It's, no. Um, but anyway, what happened at that stage in my life is is I was enjoying dancing as you do. Um, and then, um, yeah, just watching, I think it might've been SBS Eurovision song contest at the time. And I saw these, these people dancing to this amazing music. Um, the steps were really complex, far more complex than anything that I'd ever seen in my lifetime. And um, so, you know, as you, as you do sometimes as a child, you say to, you say to your mum, oh, look, if you find me lessons in that, I'll do it. And she did. I She found me lessons and um, started going along. And um, I was very lucky to have an amazing teacher in Brisbane, um, Kathy Crocker, who taught me through, throughout all my... Um, dancing career i suppose if you call it that um and i just really loved it it the music and and my, but the dancing sort of thing was the main influence with me at that time yeah. so yeah so eurovision and the what year is that i was like was that 94 was it four five? it'd be it'd be maybe five or six yeah. or 96 at the time johnny logan was it was Johnny that Logan that, uh, or was it after? Was it post Johnny Logan or? I think it was post Johnny Logan. Uh, yeah, I think the, it was, uh, the glory days of winning were finished. <laughs> I think. Oh and no, then, it was just a huge. And then Riverdance was the middle, was the entertainment. And I think. Right. Okay. Let's I, not get too down into sorry, the like, Eurovision. Was this? Was, could be here all night. Yeah. Okay. So it was. It was the year after. I remember where I was when that. Was, <laughs> oh really? I do. I do. There was a, uh, my my friend uh, shared a flat with an English guy and. He was um, he worked up in the country up in in Perthshire, 
um, with these guys who regularly would go out stalking deer. So we were eating a haunch of venison <laughs> while watching while watching Riverdance. <laughs> Me and my Irish friend and this English guy and the English guy was, what on earth is this? <laughs> and uh, we were like, I don't really know. Neither neither of us really knew what it was either. So, but I remember that very clearly. Uh, so there you go. That's yeah. you were watching it. And I was watching it. I mean, it is it is one of those vivid memories of this amazing thing that sort of happens on television that's mm. quite rare you know it, it was a real event that it was a live thing we all kind of witnessed it it wasn't that kind of trickle exactly we all sat and went wow this is happening yeah uh, and it was spectacular and you know at, at that stage you know michael flatley dominated irish dance for a very long time you know he was he was amazing and uh for for a long time when I was dancing, he was the absolute pinnacle. He's a he's a was a master and and um, a real showman, um, which I thought brought the dancing along with it as well. He did revolutionise the steps in a lot of it, um, and kind of even influenced a lot of the competition scene in dancing as well. Like a lot of the style changed to be a bit more flashy, uh, a bit more athletic. Mm. Did it? Um, did it? Did that sort of high-profile Riverdown stuff give give people license to kind of break out a bit from the more sort of staid traditional approach? Yes, absolutely. Um, and it is get, that what you were feeling? Like, um, yeah. I mean, I I did I did like that it wasn't a, a an absolute strict dance form, even though it it, it does have its um, uh, real tradition and it's real particular steps, but then they, they didn't mind every so often incorporating the arms. Right. And how um, long had you been dancing by this stage? Oh, you? so um, when Riverdance came out, I hadn't been. That, that was, you hadn't done was any Irish dancing? No, no Irish right. dancing. Okay. Um, so that came out, uh, I was a very impressionable 16-year-old at the time when that came out. Um, and as a 16-year-old, you know, to sort of decide to go and dance even though I'd been dancing previously but to really give it a go and it, for me it was also a dance form that wasn't my tradition um as an Australian um like I didn't even as as, as some people do when they first see these things they don't even recognize it as a cultural dance mm. they just recognize it as something that looks really good and something that you want to be involved in and that's and I, I sort of didn't realize the traditionalist of it until I was deeply involved in it, which was um, an interesting way to come to it. But, I, I mean, eventually my respect for it changed over time. But initially it was like, oh, yeah, let's get in and have fun and just give this a real good go. And, um, and, and one of the one of the ways Irish dance really helps with that is is you you you, you do have the competition aspect of it as well, which does push you to get better mm. as well. Um, and I enjoy competition, but I enjoyed this kind of performance side of it, not necessarily getting judged. I would, I've never been a real competitive type of person, I suppose. Um, Oh, were you playing tunes? When, when did you playing tunes come into it? When did you start learning them? Oh, okay, yeah. So it's it that part side of it because um, um, they're two very different sides, right? I think I mentioned this to you on the phone. I, I had initially thought of the dance, Irish dance, and music 
pretty much living in the same community always. But the more I kind of learn about it, it seems that they they are they're fairly separate because of the competition element and, and probably many other things are interested in different aspects of it. So yes, the music lives in the dance, but it's not really the, the two communities don't necessarily live in each other's pockets. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I definitely agree with that statement. Um, one of the um, things that I've noticed with the difference between dancing and the music is, is, Convenience for the dancers is, is a big thing. It is really easy to get a CD player or an MP3 yeah. and, and pipe it through a speaker. Um, that's a real convenience. And it, it's not a great convenience, but it is, it is there. Um, there. There is also an element of um, when you do that quite a lot, you, you end up having choreography that fits a particular piece. Or a piece of music so when you're teaching that in class um, that it can be difficult to transfer to a live musician because you you don't get that rehearsal time um, and in the in say the um, the commission style of Irish dance it's not as free form as say the Sean Noss dancing which is really about dancing with the music it is about the technique and the steps mm-hmm. and what's, what's the commission form? What does that mean? Um, so uncommission is a, a, a an international organization. Um, and there's a few of them, but it's, it's the one of the largest in the world that sort of sets the rules for right. Irish dance. Right. Got it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, that they do such a great job internationally. Um, but it, 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 it's, it is a, a particular style of Irish dance. I mean, there are a number of them, but this, this one is more geared towards a competition. Um, so it's more formal? It is for, more formal. Right. It is more structured. Um, but that's, that is an organization setting. Classes can be less. And like I remember my classes where you, you go and do displays at schools and all that sort of stuff as well. So, so I'm just trying to get clear. So, so you see river dance, yeah, and then do you gonna go? Okay, I'm gonna find somewhere where I can learn how to do this. Yes, and just off you go. Off you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I never thought my mum would find me lessons in it. Um, when she's like, "You start next week," I was like, oh, "Oh, okay." And what was it like? Do you remember your first lesson? You go into a community center or something. I mean, who was there? Yeah. So, um, my, my teacher at the time had a hall, you know, front yard, which was, um, it's quite rare. Not many teachers own their own hall. <laughs> it was very small. I remember that. Um, but I, I remember teach like just getting in there and learning, uh, a basic real step and being able to jump in the air and, and, it is one of those styles that is really with the music, even though we don't always dance to a musician, it's quite, um, percussive. It's, um, it's very rigid in its timing. Um, and you do dance with the music rather than around it. It's not interpretive. It is solid and, and to the rhythm, which really grabbed me straight away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Should we have a quick tune before we go on? Because I just want to ask you then more about how you got onto playing. Uh, yeah, so. Um... Okay, let's see. One, two, three, four. 
It's, it's one of those um, rare chances I actually get to play with Kit, which is um, can be a hazard in, 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 in distance, being a Brisbaneite. And even though there's amazing players in Brisbane that I love playing with all the time, it's, it's lovely to come down here and play with a master, which is fantastic. <laughs> so, what was that? Uh, so Lady Anne Montgomery's is the name of the first tune. The second one is called the... Maud Miller. Maud Miller. Yeah. So yeah, just going back then with the, so you, you're dancing for a number of years and then you moved to an instrument or when did the instrument come into it? Oh, okay. So um, I, uh, I, I did dance for a number of years, competed at state, national and world level. Um, yeah. I, 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 really, I really enjoyed dancing a lot. It just, it, it was something that was a real passion for me. Um, so, and I, I had a fantastic teacher as well that was really encouraging and a fantastic choreography. Yeah. So, yeah, she helped me win the national um, four times, which was wow. lovely. Yeah. I, I certainly can't dance like that anymore, but <laughs> at, at the time that was a bit of fun. So you were four times winner of the Australian National... Championships, Championships. yeah. Irish Dancing Championships? Yeah. Right. In a particular class, or does it? Come uh, well, it's, a it, they they run it by age groups, right? Okay, pretty much. Yeah. So, um, and they do separate the boys and the girls a little right. bit as well. So right. I was I was mostly, um, like men's or senior men's. Okay. And what what is it about dancing that that kind of gets your heart? Going? Oh well, it is because it gets your heart going, <laughs> I guess. But it is it is the physicalness. Um, it is the groove as well, especially with Irish dancing. Um, you, you feel it through your whole body. You feel the rhythm, uh, you feel the beats and you feel the music. You feel like you're part of the music with Irish dance, which is lovely. Um, and it's, it, it, it is adrenaline, you know, and it's flashy and, you know, you, you, you jump in the air and you click your heels and 
it's just a, a passionate sort of dance, you know, it's really. I'm going to ask you, like, so when you say you feel like you're part of the music, yeah, what do you mean by that? I'm trying to get. Oh, so it is the rhythm, the rhythm um, in the dance steps um, is almost like you're dancing the tune a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, the choreography that you do will um, kind of match the way the tune is going a lot of the time, especially if you're someone that's good at choreography. Will you'll be playing your feet like a baron? You know, you'd be <laughs> clacking away, and you're and, you're involved at the same time. And 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 as a as a tune is progressing and you're dancing, are you um, when you're in a good groove? Are you feeling yourself kind of stretching and and moving within the space that you've got? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh like, no, absolutely. Um, the, uh, the, the, the as I was saying before, there's a couple of um, things with the choreography style of thing. Is you you can either just do steps that you're taught, and you can dance a reel to a reel, but not really be part of it. You're just doing steps that you've been taught to a tune that's not really involved with your feet. Um, I actually had a teacher that um, really excelled in uh, kind of a free form movement and steps with your feet so you can match what's going on in the tune. Um, And and that is brilliant when you can do that. And it is a rare skill even in the Irish dance scene to be able to just get up and move to the music. Um, and be part of the music at the yeah. same time. Um, there's, there's, uh, uh, like I've only seen a few people even like on the YouTube scene. Um, there's a, um, a brilliant dancer in America named Nick Garess, who's an exponent on this. Yeah. Um, I've, I've seen him dancing with Liz a few times as well. And he just, he is, he is music. Yeah. He is incredible. incredible. He's really incredible. And to be able to do that is a, a, a lovely skill to have. And I'm glad I had a teacher that really helped me at that time with that. Mm-hmm. What, what is that, um, this isn't too um, esoteric question, what does it bring to your life to be able to, to have this area where you can go into and do this thing? <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know it's, I mean? It's, I mean, even though it's such a um, frantic, type of um dance form it is quite grounding um it's it's almost like a mindfulness kind of thing that you're you're bringing yourself um into this community and zone that really kind of um takes your mind away from other things it is therapeutic you know thumping the ground for two or three hours is bliss because <laughs> it's it's almost physiotherapy. It's, uh-huh. it's it's an amazing kind of thing that you do in those situations. So, yeah. So I mean that that's that's dancing for me. That's just it's it's a pure love and pure joy. Um, and I'm I'm glad I had that experience, even though I don't do it as much now. Um, now I sort of um, the most dancing I do will call Kaylee's and Bush dancers at festivals and gigs in Brisbane, which is pretty fun. And mm. I love that community aspect as well. Yeah. Mm. You know, have, just being able to have a whole room of or, or festival of people dancing, that brings me real joy now, um, especially, you know, with an, an amazing band playing. And that sort of dancing is more open to having a band playing, um, mm. which has been really good. So, 
Yeah. How then, uh, Darren was sort of asking about how you kind of move towards playing. Um, is is playing? I mean, because you're an incredible player as well. Mm-hmm. Like, um, how did you know that? I, I mean, how did you? I don't know. How did you know that you were like? Not only an amazing dancer, but an amazing player. That's just... Okay, so the the dancing side of thing, um, I mean, I'd, I'd been played music before. Yeah. And then I was dancing along um, to some incredible albums. Um, and I'm not sure if she's listening at the moment, but um, we had this amazing CD in our dance studio called Lost in the Loop by Liz Carroll. And I fell in love with the sound of the fiddle. Um at that time yeah. and I was like I, I want to be a fiddle player um, or I want to play Irish music was the, the first thing um, and then I sort of made the conscious decision that I didn't want to carry a piano or an organ around <laughs> all the time on something like <laughs> <laughs> <Ten> whistle <laughs> exactly exactly so um, um, at the time I, there, there was a there was a bit of a change over where I, I thought okay well I'm going to play guitar um, and guitar for me was easily, easily accessible. I was living with a guitar player, so there were mm-hmm. gu- guitars around the house. And, um, so that, okay, guitar. And then I was like, how do I learn Irish music? That, that question sort of came into my mind. And, um, the, the Rose that I'd composed that tune before with as well, she was a Irish dancer at the time. I got chatting with her. And uh, she's like, oh, there's this thing called a session. You should come along and, and have a play. And at that time, there was a, um, an amazing session at a, a venue called the Broadway Hotel in, in Brisbane. Um, and so I went along. I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, I kind of sat and listened. I was a bit scared to join in. Um, and then there was this... Um, Amazing guitar player there that I was watching like a, a puppy dog at the time going, what's this guy doing? What he does sounds really cool. And he um, encouraged me along. His name's um, Johnny Logan and he's a plays an amazing band called The Jar in Brisbane and he's such a powerhouse player and singer. And through sort of learning guitar with this guy and, and then I sort of expressed my love of fiddle at the time and someone's like, oh, you want to learn fiddle, you should play the mandolin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I picked up a mandolin um, on the cheap, like 200 bucks or something, and started plucking out the tunes like badly on that for a while. And then um, sort of a 25th birthday present, my mum bought me a fiddle, um, cheapy. Yeah. And then it became an extra appendage. Um for a number of years. Um, uh, for me, like, I, I don't know, maybe I've just got an addi- addictive personality, but it is a, um, I sort of just, I don't get obsessed about things, but I, it's something that I really like doing. I really like doing it. You know, yeah. it just ends up being this thing. And Did it completely replace the dancing then? That space, I mean, more. Yeah, um, it, it really did. It really did. Um um, to a to a point that there um there was there was a bit bit of an um a sad part of my life when my dad passed away um and before that for about six months he was quite unwell 
So I sort of um, gave up the dancing at that point. Yeah. Um, and then I actually just found all this space for music when that happened as well. And um, it, 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 it really gave me a bit more space. But um, one, of, one of the trickiest part about the music at the start was I, I was a, a self-taught fiddle player as well. And uh, the, um, we had this family living in Brisbane um, that were really amazing. And I call them the Jacksons. Um, and their um, son, George Jackson, was a um, amazing, or well, is an amazing fiddle player. And he um, invited me to be his backing guitarist. And so hanging out with these amazing fiddle players is only inspiring. So it also made me not put the fiddle down yeah, yeah. a lot of these times. Um, and they, they did music camps and workshops with various people. Um, and that sort of brought me in as well. So without official lessons, there's all these kind of influences that happen in Brisbane randomly. Um, but they do open your mind. I like, um, one of the, one of the most amazing workshops I have ever had was with a, um, a guy named Andrew Clermont, who's a, a bluegrass mm-hmm. fiddle player, but I would never be a bluegrass fiddle player, but just the way he taught the Boeing mm really opens your mind up to different things with the yeah. fiddle as well. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was a, it was a bit of a odd transition to that, but, um, you know, you do owe it to your peers in these circles as well. Um, I mean, so I think I mentioned to you before, um, I was lucky to have Beth McCracken in Brisbane at that time. And, and she sort of took me under her wing to teach me the pure trap. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was a great influence. Yeah. You, you, so you mentioned her, like, what was the, how did that, how did that work? Like, what was, what was she giving you as a, yeah, well, as a player? Um, and... Quite often it's, it's difficult to have someone to, that's there that will tell you how to play. Um, and then that Beth didn't do it out of like, um, an egotistical thing. She, she, she really wanted other people to play with. And, um, she was also a really good teacher, someone that would sit you down and go, actually, why don't you try this rhythm on the guitar? Or, um, why don't you listen to these albums? Um, cause they influenced that person. Yeah. And that really helped at the start with trying to progress from someone that scratches out a tune to be able to, to play. Um, and I love Beth for that. She's she's a brilliant player. She's such a strong player, which um, is uh, awe-inspiring when you're sitting near her. I do have a question that you mentioned yeah. that's to do with that. But maybe we could have a tune and then when we come back, I can ask you about that. What do you want to play? Um, I might play a um, hornpipe um, that I've learnt recently called the Harp and Shamrock. Awesome. So one and two.
Fantastic. So the question I had for you was, and this is going off the back of something we asked Liz. Now, I would imagine the way we, we will be releasing these will be, Liz will be first and then this one will be coming out. So hopefully the listeners will be <laughs> in tune. But it's to do with the physicality of how you hold yourself and, and play along with your feet when you're playing. Now, I did notice today when I was looking at Liz's feet, you were the other person that I went very similar style. And then when I asked you about it, just in a, a throwaway, you said it's something that came from, from Beth. And you, it was something that she taught you, is that what happened? Um, or what, what is well, it? Well, I know, because I watched everything Beth did. Um, she's, she's got a real sort of um, um, on and off beat um, thing that goes with her feet. Um, and she, she, it, it, it happens in jigs and reels as well. Um, and it's, it, I feel that it really comes from the dance scene because Beth used to do Irish dancing as yeah. well. So just Beth, for anyone listening to the, the, the visually to try and explain what it is, it's almost like one is a lead foot and that's the, the, the downbeat. And then there's a second, which is kind of, which right, which rides behind it. I don't know if that's giving anyone any kind of visual but sorry yeah it's got yeah more. well for, for me um i i feel it helps keep, keep the rhythm myself um i think of the feet thing not not really as percussion but more as um more as an like almost an irish dance thing as well um you know you, you have a strong um beat foot mm-hmm. most of the time it's normally a back leg that is thumping away <laughs> on the the on beat and it um it it, it really it, it sets a groove that you can almost relax over even though it looks quite physical yeah um it is almost like a metronome thing that goes for you as well so your whole body becomes the metronome yeah and then this tune sort of happens over the top of that, which I really enjoy. I, I love the physicality, but I also like the groove as well, which mm. which for me is dictated by the feet. And even you can though see that. Yeah. Yeah, like, watching you, I can see that happen. Like, it's, uh, that, and I understand what you're talking about because I can see when you say you're floating above this, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, I, I, I love that groove. I like it. For me, it just adds this real kind of physicality to what you're doing instead yeah. of just sitting there and, and waving your arms around. It's, it's like a whole body experience, which I really like. So, uh. um, I feel like you experience um, music on like so many more dimensions yeah. than me. <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> You know, I kind of thought I had half a notion, but like it, it's so much more. You've got so much more sort of, um, I don't know, like absorption <laughs> capacity for the oh, well, cause, mean, because it's in your body. I mean, like because I mean, I'm not a dancer, not an Irish dancer, but I'm also like, a, I mean, my dancing is, you know, I pogo. That's it. You know, it's like to punk music or whatever. The, the notion of being able to kind of articulate music through your body is kind of so in a way it's kind of mind-blowing to me you know mm. it's amazing oh, i'm very you. jealous uh, thank That's you yeah. um i mean a, a lot of that is just a passion i mean um there, there has always been this thing in australian traditional music and i think i think you've heard it before um that um people do um that play this this style of music, traditional music in Australia, they do suffer from um, cultural cringe a little bit where they're, 
they're unsure whether they should be playing traditional music um, because they're not. I mean, I've got a name like McDonald, but it doesn't really qualify me in that situation. Um, but I, I, I've always alternately looked at it like this is what I really want to do. And I cover that cringe in wild passion. And I like, it's almost to the point that I, I think I'm annoying to other people because of it, because I want to be at every session. I want to be at music camps playing. Um, I want to be out there having fun. And that's how I look at this music. It is really fun. Um, but there is that respect for a style as well. I don't want to just learn a tune and, and have it sound bad. I want to, I want to play like these people on the CD or, or play with these people on the CD and, and you, you don't want to go to a session and, and disrespect them by playing something that's not quite what they play either, which is you know, a, a big thing for me. I, I, want, I want to sit there and play tunes with amazing players and anyone really as well, you know, um, sit down and have fun and, and play tunes is just joy for me. Yeah. It is joy. Yeah. So those people that you met, like people like who, who, who at the moment are people that you're listening to and, and, and trying to get near? Oh, uh, specific people. That That's a, it's a or, tough or question. Or even like recorded or local and um, around like yeah, I mean we're 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 lucky in Brisbane. We've got a few pretty good um, trap bands, but I mean, say in Brisbane, the the um, there was this band um, called Tolkamore that was around when I was first starting, um, and and they were quite a, a pinnacle in Irish trad in in well, if not Australia, but certainly around Brisbane. Um, so, and I used to dance with them. Um, that was a, a thing that I used to do. I used to dance with a few bands yeah, even right. before I was playing music. And, um, I love their sound and their fiddle player, Fred Graham, who is, is pretty extraordinary. It was lovely to be around this guy, um, and, and watch him play and learn off him. Um, so that was a, a real influence at the start of my playing. Um, but then I, I also collect music, so CDs as well. Um, it's, it's, it's been a, a passion of mine. It's probably the thing I spend the most money on, which is um, hilarious and scary at the same time. Um, when you um, look back at your credit card <laughs> thing and you're like, oh God, what have I done? Yeah. And then... But then you realize it's worth it because you've got this real lovely catalog mm. of amazing CDs. Um, so, I mean, like I said at the start, um, Liz was always a big influence of, of mine. I, I really loved her CDs. I loved the groove um, and and her and John Doyle because I was playing guitar at that time. John Doyle is a, is a powerhouse guitar player. Um, and then I, now my, my, my passions have gone a, a little more traditional um so I, I love players like Aidan Connolly who's um got to visit Brisbane last year um where they sit on the groove and then this tune sort of happens out of this they, yeah. they it's they it's almost like I'm not, I'm not going to say it's almost like they play one note but they they sort of 
set set this real sort of groove up and then this amazing tune just floats out of this this groove and i really like that um but also um traditional music musicians in australia like kit joyce and um declan simpson and, and and beth mccracken as well um one of the great things about a music camp like quasi trad is you you get to meet these people and become really good friends with them as well yeah so even in the concert today, um, Rachel um, is someone I've met at a previous camp and we just know we can sit down and have good tunes. Yeah, so, that was great today. Yeah, it was really fun. So so for people listening, particularly anyone that's going to be in Brisbane, where where can they find you and where can they... Um yeah, where can they find it? And, and the, the music you've recorded, where can they get that too? Oh, okay. Well, um, I, I haven't actually re- recorded any CDs yet. That'll, that'll be a, a future project as as some things happen. Um, but um, in Brisbane, there are two uh, particular Irish de- um, tune sessions. So one's on a Tuesday night at um, Gil Hurley's. Mm-hmm. And then there's a sun- Sunday lunchtime session at Gil Hurley's, and that's where I spend most of my time. Yeah, great. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, we'll link to all that in the yeah. show notes. Sorry, it's been a short one today, but that's okay. Uh, then we're, we're thank you so much for sitting down and uh, those tunes. So one to finish. Thanks, guys. Yeah, great. Um, you going to do a couple of jigs to finish? Yeah, I, I don't actually know, know the name of these, but I, I did learn them off the recording of the Mulcahy family. So send anyone that knows a tune, <laughs> send it to our PO box. <laughs> all right. Thank Thanks. you. Okay, so one, two, three, four.
David McDonald. The man can dance. He can. He can. Um, we saw him dancing early in the afternoon at the concert where a lot of the participants in the tunes camp were playing. And it was uh, it was quite a thing to see. Yeah, it was fantastic. And I think we'll absolutely take you up in your offer, David, to go up to Brisbane and, and chat to more people up there. It sounds like there's a wealth of talent up there, which we uh, absolutely need to sit down with. So, uh, look, thank you so much for your time. It's I always feel so guilty taking players away from the um the session part of a festival because or not a festival but a camp like you it's often they're the, they're the moments that are hit and miss like you don't know when the magic's going to happen it could be at any time so i'm very aware when when someone takes time out of their weekend to spend it's essentially an hour sitting there with us and and putting up our silly questions that they could be missing that moment of gold so appreciate you to have given us that time and kit absolutely the same love it thank you Hi, my name is Pietro. Please become a good subscriber to the podcast. Thank you.